What are you talking about? Are you high? I want to rent you. You want to rent me? Yeah. You pretend you like me, and we go out for just a few weeks, and that will make me popular. Just going out with me is not going to make you popular. Well, I have a thousand dollars. It says it will. I think you've mowed one too many lawns. It's my lead in this week. This is your baby. This is your choice. You're presenting it to me and to the world. And I know you're going to gloat. So, yes. go And your epic theme. Your so <laughs> entirely specific theme of high school movies. High school movies. I'm going to peacock. I believe the term is called peacocking, Michael. So, welcome to Marcus Played. Yes. Got to get the title in there. The podcast about movie podcasts and the discussions around them. The one that you just clicked on, but you didn't know what you were listening to. We have now informed you what it is. It's like welcoming a guest into your home. It's like, hey, I just walked into your house, but you say, welcome to my home. They they know you're in your house. I I thought it was more like a Seinfeld type thing. Like if you listen to a podcast of this size that doesn't have any sort of celebrity guests, we're not professionals. You just you just walk in. There's no greeting. You just like we just launched into the story. That's that's my type of comfort level. But Kentucky's considered the South, so isn't like Southern hospitality a thing where you know you greet your 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 guests and your listeners? I suppose if it's like some sort of function, but I'm trying to think like well, you've met my friends, you've hung out with us. Them cats come over and just fall asleep. Yeah, start just <laughs> so you know, I just make sure they're not pissing themselves on the couch. It's that sort of comfort <laughs> level. That's Marcus played attacking like uh, 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 the extended members of the family sexually. It's just it happens yeah. sometimes. Yeah. You know. So yeah, we're talking about Can't Buy Me Love. This is my selection this week, Mike. Um, I, I believe it's a first time watch for you. you know, yes. You, you talked about it on the podcast. I said you rejected it based on the poster. You attempted to get me to guest on True Bromance Film Podcast for this. And yes. I said, absolutely not. I don't even know if I was looking at the poster then. But just your enthusiasm for an 80s high school comedy, that just seemed like a bad mix. Like it just seemed like you were steering me down. Like it was like one of those uh, the uh, the anti drug videos is what it reminded me of where it's like you were you were clearly the the CD bully character trying to get me to do something illicit by watching this, and I felt like it was uh, not necessarily a troll job because I believed you and your enthusiasm for it, but I just really wanted no part of it. And I have to say, after watching it, I still don't know if I want any part of it. I feel dirty. I feel kind of used and. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable with your batting average so far. Uh, being so high, like uh, like maybe I'm, a, I'm I've got the back corked or I'm juicing a little bit. You, well, you definitely are. Uh, <laughs> you're you're picking what counts, I guess, as an exhibition uh, and what's regular season or playoff <laughs> mode. Because Crocodile Dundee, you're like, no, no, that doesn't count. That was <laughs> that was not an actual recommendation. This one was. And uh, yeah, a spoiler alert: if you don't follow me on Letterboxd, I shockingly enjoyed this i don't know any time. of the actors other other than mcdreamy young mcdreamy did you recognize gerardo no Rico. Suave. Rico. yeah yeah i maybe you're a little young for it but there was a big hit song rico suave back in the day oh no okay yeah I, I, i'm aware of that but no I, I he's the one the latino guy that's allowed to be in the movie in that's allowed know, an, to. <laughs> an area of the country where uh you know the latino community is pretty pretty big you know the one dude with a mullet but always shirtless for some reason well why not um i also the, the podcast i won't get into it yet because it's not really the clip i'm using uh they mentioned uh young seth green who also didn't recognize here. And what about you, Ronald? You got any back-to-school parties lined up? Yeah, the Saturday night card game. Ooh, mm-hmm. cards with the tarts. Mm. Hey, bro, I'm only kidding. I mean, who could beat a night of cards, chips, dips, and dorks? <laughs> right. And Seth Green is actually at the right dosage level, I think, in this movie. Because Seth Green can get a little grading. Uh- Okay, so he is playing, which I guess was pretty typical of like 80s teen comedies, like the the younger sibling that is there yes. for comedic effect uh, to kind of get in the way, uh, to be a, a cock block of sorts. And for the most part, I'm, I'm shocked to agree with you on this point, too. He is used as the recipient of fart gags, not the child himself farting 
but uh, always on the defense and just yes. taking it to the face, which I guess maybe <laughs> you knew me better than I knew myself. You know my feeling on kids. Seeing him attacked <laughs> by what is almost, almost maybe not legal, but almost a grown man's ass repeatedly. I, I dug it. I liked that not it wasn't that, the kid. Doesn't he get attacked by uh, Cindy Mancini herself uh, towards the end? He's, she like smacks him with the, the yeah. makeup, and then the parents mm-hmm. turn on him quickly. You know, he's Seth Green thinks he's uh, thinks he's the big man on campus, but uh, often he is turning the corner and finding obviously the fumes of uh, of disgust. Yeah, and if I had known this, I uh, I also won't spoil uh, my pick for next week. But I think I would have altered it if I had known this was Seth Green. I would have continued the. Uh, the high school movies thing with can't hardly wait. And <laughs> my main point would have been, did he get any taller from that point? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, that's terrible. <laughs> but did- <laughs> Hashtag the Grendel. <laughs> there we go. There's a shout out. He, he wanted to be tagged for portrait of a lady on fire. So I'm sure he wanted what we gave him. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he was. He was really looking for. I'll, I'll go ahead and introduce my uh, podcast proper for this. So I, I kept it vanilla and safe. Um, this is actually probably, um, you know, more peacocking for you is that when I surprisingly like one of your selections, I don't go to my way to find a podcast talking about another movie. I, I want to kind of stay in that moment. Like, what is it about this? So uh, it's a little awkward because the podcast I found actually had, they've switched their title. So currently it's called We Love the Love. And this fits in my wheelhouse because it's a, it's a romantic comedy generally uh, kind of dynamic. Those are the type of movies they cover. Uh, now, when this episode aired, this is going back to their fifth episode, Can't Buy Me Love. So they were on it early. They they said, okay. As they should be. Yeah. yeah. yeah I know that you'd like that. They were called um, uh, Hearts Hearts of Podness, I believe was the artwork that was showing up. I was trying to figure out why this was not, but clearly they've changed their title at some point because this was back from – a week before Christmas, 2017. So early. Oh, wow. They're still Digging going to the archives. Yeah. Their most recent episode. Uh, unfortunately, even though I'm pimping them out, I probably wouldn't be interested. Uh, as of May 25th, uh, which was this week, they covered the 1967 Dr. Doolittle, which I don't think I need in my life. Was that Jerry Lewis? I don't think so, but I don't think that that would help or hurt it. I just, you know, Dr. Doolittle is a musical in the sixties. Just not for me. But they uh, they provided me with a little insight uh, into Can't Buy Me Love, and it m- may have directed, if I was more of an expert on this movie, another podcast to look for. Uh, they didn't cite it, but they're basically comparing it uh, to the Disneyfication of questionable subject matter. And then Disney picked it up. At that point, they had already gotten the song rights to Can't Buy Me Love. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Eisner, who was running Disney at the time, suggested changing the name to that as well. I can't believe it took them that long to figure that out. Because Boy Rents Girl is a very creepy it's title. It's such a problematic title. It's so awful. Oh, we God. probably wouldn't have watched it if that were the name. No, that's true. I don't think anyone would have watched it if it was called Boy Rents Girl. But we did watch it, and what did you think of it? I actually really liked it. You know, it was fun. You see all this stuff that feels like, you know, parody at this point because it's been overdone in so many other movies. But when it's coming from the original, like, this is probably where some of that started. It feels more fun. You actually get into it. This movie was so charming it was very charming and especially like honestly this is maybe silly but my perfect version of this movie i think is like 30 minutes long and just ends with the two of them sitting in the car talking about the moon yeah that would be so nice and, and it would just, just be like aggressively kiss at the end it would just be aggressively sweet yeah and that would be it none of this whole conflict thing i, I still liked it a lot yeah and we'll talk about that um one thing that i was really surprised to discover yeah when they filmed this amanda peterson was 15 years old Okay. So she's actually acting up. Oh, yeah. Because they're playing seniors. Oh, right. So I think she's supposed to be 18. Yeah. She can't drive in real life. She drives that car a lot. Wait, you're right. Oh, my God. Whoa. But Patrick Dempsey was 20 at the time. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. Because I'm used to people acting down to high school, but it's weird that she was acting up. Yeah. That is weird. I mean, it's not like... They don't do anything. No, they don't do anything at all. Do they even kiss? Maybe at the very end. Briefly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Cool. And the movie that came to mind for me was Pretty Woman, which was originally called 3000. And that was yes. the price that was paid for her. And it was, spoiler alert for the version of it that was never made, the uh, the Richard Gere character, after he has his weekend with her, 
that's it. He just drops off. <laughs> he spends $3,000. <laughs> AKA reality. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the version of this uh, that was being shopped around, they said that it was a TriStar uh, production. Uh, and the reason they passed on it was because the original title was Boy Rents Girl. Mm. Which, if that, if that can't play in 80s teen comedies and the age of Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> it cracked me up that this movie you cherish, there were executives saying, this is too far. We can't, we can't market this. <laughs> and this is the one you love. So what happened is I think, uh, they said Jeffrey Katzenberg. It came to him, um, and they had just acquired the rights to use Can't Buy Me Love in a film. And so they're like, Hey, just change the title, make it sweeter. And they were actually very favorable to this, this movie. They're like, Yes, yeah, there's, you know, once you get past that sort of concept of this high school kid renting a peer of his for a thousand dollars. That is actually like really sweet and likable. And the one criticism they gave it is actually one that I agree and disagree with. They're saying that this would have also been a perfect, uh, short film, a perfect like half hour, like TV episode. If you get to the point in the film, uh, where they're, he's like showing her the moon and like talking about what he's interested in. And mm -hmm. they were talking about how sort of like naturalistic. The, the relationship actually evolves in that moment yes, for her. Yeah. And that, those are the things that I was shocked at how well this movie with the cheesy poster, the Beatles title, uh, the, the, you know, the problematic concept that these two characters actually feel very real and grounded, even with all the, you know, the farting and the hijinks. I was, I was shocked by this. Yeah. I, 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 I totally agree with you and, and the podcast. I think that. Because the movie also has some really hyper characters, it, you know, the the Quint with the with the drinking and the and everybody is so hyper stylized that that relationship, that central relationship that blossoms, uh, it does feel realistic. And also, I think credit goes to the actors, right? I mean, McDreamy is laying it on us every time he goes to talk to her he opens up in such a genuine manner like when she shares the poetry you know which i don't know why she would hide her poetry like what what's the stigma of writing down some words you know if you're an attractive you know. girl in high school i doubt anyone's gonna be like you suck you don't have any yeah, exactly. writing talent whatsoever someday my wish is for him to hold me in his arms in a sea of deep blue together at last together as two. Oh, that's beautiful i didn't know you were a poet no one knows. Even Bobby? Thank you for trusting me with these. Well, let's just keep it between us, okay? For life or longer. Promise? Promise. But you should be proud of it. You're talented. She's like Maya Angelou to me. You know, if, if, if <laughs> I'll keep talking. <laughs> I was like, wow, you are the greatest. You know, you really have a talent, lady. I'd be like uh I'd be like Dr. Venkman, you know, <laughs> lying about her poetry. <laughs> but And also he, what would a high school kid know anyway? Maybe it sounds great just because of the person reading it. You know, yeah, I mean, look, I, I was just talking about uh, Rico Suave and Gerardo. I love that song, you know. I uh, wish it was played here a little more often. But and and the same thing goes with her, you know, those moments of where he's kind of rising to the top and she has that longing gaze and then vice versa when he's always obviously comes crashing down. A lot of that, all of that, all of that is feels really genuine and it feels it's rapid because this movie is what, like an hour and a half or something like that. I love it. Uh, Brisk. You get right to it. You get a full arc. Uh, you, <laughs> my, my letterbox review focused on Patrick Dempsey's <clears throat> almost manic, insane, like let's dance announcement when he builds yeah. up the courage to it. Uh, a lot of these things should not work. Wouldn't you behave all. in that way if you were about to break out one of the greatest dances of all time? <laughs> the African <laughs> anteater ritual? <laughs> it did. Uh, you know, I'm watching it with my wife, and I don't know if she'd ever seen it. I don't think so, because I think this is uh, before her time. And uh, we're both kind of just waiting to see how this plays out. And uh, like a lot of the instances in the film, I keep thinking like, okay, so here's the jumping off point. I've been enjoying the dynamic between these two. Now they're going to do something ridiculous. That's cringeworthy and not, and I guess in reality it's cringeworthy, but it, there's a difference between what's cringeworthy in real life and what's cringeworthy comedy where you think that you're, you're trying to get an audience to laugh and you're just sitting there uncomfortably. Uh, and I think it's just taking full ownership of it, but is it realistic <laughs> that this dude 
would commit so much to what he sees on television, even when you look around, like, you know, what, what is what your you line? Think about from, he, what is your line from When Harry Met Sally? The, the, what the white man's overbite? Oh, like, love it. <laughs> it would just be the easy thing to go to is just to mimic. Uh, but there's a certain, I, I guess it is. I guess it's the commitment of the character. Even like, so the, the sequence that my podcast was talking about and the one I like where she starts to like, legitimately see him as a person like a fully formed person with his own interests and passions and he's you know he's interesting he's an interesting guy um i guess the biggest thing about this guy the biggest pro and con for him is that he's totally committed to the task at hand oh yeah so he's all in he he committed 10 uh grand you know he's pot committed (laughs) for those poker players out there you know he could he would have had a much happier ending if he just noticed picked up on the the social cues that she's kind of hey she's kind of into you now but he's just like so anyway mike uh, this the is guy the- went 17 years without titty do you think that he's going to be able to read anything i happen to know that in the whole school there's only one other titty quite this pretty really mm-hmm i'm sick yep <laughs> that's it I bet you've never seen two like these before. Well, my parents do have cable. Oh, they do, do they? Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you want to touch me? Oh. <laughs> wow. Can you believe this? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 17 years, three months, and five days. That's a long time to wait for some tit. <laughs> and he looks like Patrick Dempsey, too. Scrawny Patrick Dempsey without hey, the, the little I mean, gray touch of gray. Don't, okay. I, I don't know what neck of the woods you grew up in as far as your high school. Uh, that's one thing that movies lie to you about. The, the, even the jocks having this amount of bulk. Like everyone. Everyone I went to high school with. Every, even the athletes. They're all scrawny. Like no, no one looks like... Yeah, they're they're gonna be uh uh you know on Baywatch with The Rock or something or in a GI Joe like, movie, but like in, Big John. But in '80s movies, I mean, these guys are <laughs> they're already balding. You know, they have <laughs> they have back hair. They probably already have had a few hernias. You know, it's just like who are these monsters? Patrick Dempsey, uh, what was he? Twenty? Was he early twenties when this? Sure. So they they point out another problem area. They point out in the podcast. They said they kind of just went with it. Was that the actress here? What is her name? Amanda you're... Peterson. R.I.P. Tread lightly here. Formative, formative of my life. Fifteen when she filmed this. No, that's what they said, and I, <laughs> I would, I was shocked by that. That you know she can look like that fifteen, and Patrick Dempsey is in his twenties. Are you advocating for uh, for like pedophilia or something? Is that what you're doing here? Is you're like I, no, I'm giving us say, the leer. I, I'm just shocked that uh, you know every high school movie. Even when the actor looks like they're 15, they're 27. So I'm shocked that they actually got a genuine teenager to play this part. Uh, yeah. yeah, she was born in 71. So, yeah, somewhere in there, 15, 16. Wow. Uh, well, the, uh, you know, kudos to Miss Peterson and uh, and her acting chops because she did look – I would have thought she was a little bit older when she was uh, filming she, this. She looks out of this dude's league. Like she, she looks like yeah. She looks like the oh, yeah. you know the the, the oh, senior yeah. that everyone's after. She's perfectly cast, I think. I think everybody here is perfectly cast, even Gerardo. Rico, suave. Rico, perfectly cast. Um, I I think that the the one thing I think I I would complain about this movie even though as much as i love it because i've ca- i have grown up with it is is do you the, and i have the same score on this on letterbox a 4.5 yeah, we do we do even this so okay so tell me why this one's not a five because you you've watched this one on repeat you've had a chance to assess its perfection or lack thereof so what what is the just miss for you i think that as i get older when in that rewatchability thing it's it probably was a five say 10 years ago but now as i as I look at it, I, I can't connect with it as much as I did, right? Because I, I connected it as a young man, like looking at some of the relationship stuff there. But then like now I'm looking at it as like, who are these people in this rich credit cards and $1,000 and their immaculate uh, yards? And they have a band at the, at the dance instead of a DJ. I've never seen that in my life. You know, there's, there's so many things going on here. And one, I think it's, it's a socioeconomical thing. You know, obviously I'm not wealthy like this, but also 
maybe I was the outcast nerd and I just didn't realize it. You know, maybe, maybe, oh, maybe I, totally I was just so cool. It. I saw myself in this movie. Uh, I was one Who of are the you? dudes. I was one of the dudes at the poker night every Friday night because I. <laughs> that is from my high school experience. I ran a game, like probably not wow. even every Friday night, but every Friday, Saturday. Whoever wanted to play, I was I was willing to to part them uh, from their money. Uh, that was me, and uh, none of us really like. But at the time, I don't think any of us thought we were missing out on anything. We thought this was awesome to have a, a regular poker game. We thought it was adult, and I guess. Th- his friends do. Yeah, we do have a lot of great memories. But be honest, wouldn't you like to be popular? And have to be in a clique? No. What happened to us? We were all friends in elementary. That's because we were all forced to be in the same room together. But hey, junior high, high school, forget it. Jocks became jocks. Cheerleaders became cheerleaders. We became us. I like us. And he seems to be the only one. I don't know. Do you think his best friend knows that they're missing out on something? Because the rest of the guys just seem to be perfectly content with their, uh, I think their so. existence. I, I, I think they do. Well, yes, they are content with their existence to a degree. But there are conversations that he has early on with his friend about them being out of his league and him. Belo- they, they sit there, stare at the cheerleaders. I mean, granted, they are uh, young, you know, coming of age, pubescent dudes. And, and they're gonna McDreamy leave. is a uh, you know a pedophile here, unbeknownst to us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. But doesn't his but- friend have a line? Because it stuck out to me. It said something like, "Like I like who we are." Like he he like agrees with him. Like yeah, they're more popular, and it'd be cool to yeah. you know be with it. But he he says like, you know, what's wrong? With, there's nothing wrong with this. Like I don't want to change anything about myself. And I was like, that is like extremely mature for these type of. Well, Courtney Games was probably 45 when they filmed this, so, you know. So you think that's why he's speaking as an elder statesman? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) But do you connect with this movie? Do you, like, relate with these people? And that's... (laughs) I I have a hard time just getting to your your sort of broad theme theme of uh, high school movies. Uh, I I don't know. Like, I I come from a very small town in Kentucky. So, like, my high school experience is you knew everybody. You knew their families. You grew up with everybody as kids. So unless you had someone kind of move in for some reason, the small town, you had like a poor foreign exchange student that was out in the sticks in Kentucky. Oh. Like, there so wasn't- maybe you did relate to this because here we have uh, you basically the small crew of jocks and and cool people, and then the four females, basically central females of the movie, and everybody's interchanging. You know, you only yeah, but there wasn't uh, there was fornicate no fornicate with the other. There was not the uh, power dynamics, though. Like, the jocks... If someone... if like At least in my high school experience for that particular time, if one of the quote-unquote jocks... And I, I say that only in the sense that they played a sport, not that they carried themselves as, like, some sort of god or bully. If, you know, they said something insulting to someone else, there was, like, a policing <laughs> with my small-town groups. Like, hey, don't say that to him. Like, oh, we've man. known him since you he was grew kids. up in the good life. Yeah, yeah it, we it had was, a little bit of power dynamic in my okay. school. Yeah. yeah. And I, maybe I didn't, I didn't realize it, but I wasn't quite there. I was maybe one of the middle ones. I was maybe closer to the lady near the end where she says, uh, you know, something to the effect that didn't you go to home economics? You could have had me for forty nine ninety five. I was that lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Usually like going door to door, like trying to, you know, undercut. Hey, I can quote you a better price with this. And, you know, I don't know. Did you attempt to go shirtless at all? No, I, yeah, I am no Gerardo, my friend. I am no Quint. Were you uh, more Patrick Dempsey at that point? At that point, yes. I, I kind of hovered somewhere between Patrick Dempsey. I swayed wildly. And then the next year, I was the fat lady offering myself up for four nine eighty five. What sort of summer did you have? <laughs> <laughs> Not a good one. I ate plenty. But so kind of the point that I'm trying to get to is the relatability of this movie, right? And And high school movies in general. And this is something I kind of brought up. Uh, maybe I touched on, I've touched on before is, is we, okay, we talked about it with Portrait of a Lady, right? And, and connection and, you know, the way some stuff is for you, some stuff isn't. The high school genre is a sort of sub, uh, genre of movies where, you know, it doesn't always reflect for everybody because we have different socioeconomic, uh, right. and racial and cultural and all these things, uh, nerves within our country. So the podcast that I, I, re- I, brought to here is called please watch this podcast and much like us talking about portrait of a lady on fire these two gentlemen are talking about boys in the hood uh so these Whoa. 
<laughs> yeah. So it's their last year of high school. They're right. they're making like these decisions, it. SATs, and going to and 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 by the way, there's two like white guys from the UK, so <laughs> clearly just as qualified as we were to talk about portrait of lady. But I was I, I'm championing the whole everybody could talk about everything thing. So uh, I went with these guys, and they did a really interesting job. I think talking about how John Singleton and Boys in the Hood, he presents this life, you know, it, it, the slice of life, end of the high school year, kind of figuring out what you're going to do with your life. But in this setting where you have, uh, you know, lots of racial tensions, lots of violence, you have, and they present characters within the story. Uh, I, I believe Ricky has a baby and he's only like 17. He's like living with his girlfriend and his mom. Then you got Doughboy played by Ice Cube and he's the drug dealer. But there's no judgment handed down on them. Yeah, I mean, they could have, there was so much packed into it. I was, on reflection of this, I was like, well, they could have gone with teenage pregnancy, that's, and childhood, you know, what did, you know, uh, Ricky's character literally is a dad at 17 already, Mm. but they just ignore it. It's like, well, that's just how it is. Or they could have looked at um, Ice Cube's drug dealing business. It's barely shown. All that happens is one person comes up and buys some drugs off him. Yeah. One person asks for someone, he tells them to piss off, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Keep your babies off the street. Yeah. It could have looked at all sorts of different aspects, but it's just, no, we're going to follow them through this few weeks or months of these men. It's a, it's a story of about coming of age and essentially it's like stand by me for the hood mm. without being horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's literally almost scene for scene, uh, a bit mm. that's, that's stand by me there stood, parody, stood on train tracks and he says, do you want to see a dead body? <laughs> it's about yeah. four years after stand by me came out or five years after it came out. Yeah, yeah, it's just the way it is. It's just a matter of fact, and I can see how um, the high school genre or the slice of life of this time of period doesn't quite go one to one with "Can't Buy Me Love," but I think that we can pluck out from different movies pieces that we can connect with. You know, I don't know. So, Mike, is there anything in Boys in the Hood that you can connect with, Mike? <laughs> mm, no. Well. Yeah, maybe your dad would, would okay, try to. Okay, I've, I've got some- something. No, nothing with the <laughs> the gravity of what they're facing. Like, so okay. if, you're, if you're making a direct comparison, it, it definitely, and this is probably true. <laughs> you look at the the white experience and can't buy me love, and it's like, wow, white people, they're they're, they're so bored. They try to make <laughs> problems or tension for themselves, like right. these you know these lies and these you know bets and gambles that they have where. I guess high school, the, the place itself is the battleground, uh, that they go to. Whereas in Boys in the Hood, I mean, that's, you know, trouble comes to them. Like that's, that's the thing. They're just trying to manage a natural adolescence, uh, so through trouble no fault came of their to own. you in Kentucky. No, but where, where I, 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 th- I like that pick as a, a, you know, high school movie or like a high school time period because, uh, one thing that, and I was thinking about as you were talking, like with Can't Buy Me Love, is I probably would have dug the movie when I was in like middle school. But yeah. if I discovered it when I was in high school, I would have been like, ah, bullshit. You know, it's not, that's not how anyone is. And I, I do think that a lot of high school movies set purely in high school are geared towards the preteens who are looking forward to mm, that being yep. their life. And when you're in high school, you're looking forward to being an adult and adult things and getting out of it. And so, like, Boys in the Hood, when I reflect back on my high school experience trying to compare it to movies, while nothing like that happened to me, um, it was more in line – let's go with, like, Days and Confused. That was more like my high school experience. It was more about hanging around and just sort of fucking around with people, like, while you were in high school. Like, all the memories and stuff I was making, not in a classroom setting. We, like, we probably should have been in class, but it's just the that, that time period where I guess you're allowed that sort of bit of decadence. <laughs> the tragedy in something like Boys in the Hood is they're they're not really allowed any time. Like the I mean the even like oh, no. the 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 Ice Cube character, like the way they end that character, you know, just sort of like fading out of existence, like all of that. You know, it's 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 extremely different. So no, I, I do not want to leave you any room as the editor of this one to say that uh, Mike on Marcus Blades and Boys in the Hood reflected his <laughs> high school experience <laughs> as as Mike lifts up his shirt and he's got like the thug life tattoo <laughs> across his belly. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've already pr- presumably offended uh, the lesbian community for Portrait of a Lady on Fire, uh, even though, man, I just like when I edited that one last night. So this has been weeks prior. <laughs> 
I can just tell us like it was just push and pull on wanting to get our hijinks and jollies off and then being respectful. <laughs> that was me. When you when you bring boys in the hood to a high school movies conversation, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Here it I is. I got to keep you on your toes, yeah. man. I got to keep you on your toes. Um, you know, one thing that it did take away from your your uh, escape there, you're your, your running from my question, mm-hmm. yeah. um, was that th- that Camp I've Been Love probably would have been something that you really dug in high school. And not so much in, I mean, in middle school, but not so much in high school as, as the as the prep, right? But then, as a almost forty year old man, now you're fall, giving it a four point five out of five. So, are you really connecting now with McDreamy stance as uh, the aged? Uh, are you the the Matthew McConaughey of Days to Confuse, mm. uh, looking at the young uh, nubile um, ladies of this film? And giving well, it the uh, male stare. No, is that with the connection uh, you're finding? I'm, I'm not. I'm definitely not touching on that when my podcast <laughs> is giving me research that the the main female character was 15 when this was filmed. So no, absolutely not. Um, I I, I will agree with you. Not on the uh, the uh, I guess perverse uh, side of that question, which was about 90 percent of it. I noticed. Uh, but the other 10% that was attempting uh, at something honest there is, yeah, I think that you ebb and flow away from. Uh, di- you know, different stories about different times from your life. Even if, as you said, "Can't Buy Me Love" probably wasn't either of our high school existence, uh, unless it was like a weird version of Rounders with those guys, where it was just focused on the poker game every week. Uh, for me, I think that when I was a teenager and maybe early twenties, <clears throat> no time for this because I'm not that far removed from it. But as right. I near forty. Yeah, it can be like sort of a pleasant sort of trip down memory lane. And I think being further away from it, you give a little bit more benefit of the doubt to the fantasy of high school. Same as what I was saying when I was before I got to high school, that was a fantasy of getting to that point and getting to go to those parties and getting to like drink for the first time, all that stuff. And now like, yeah, there's, there's something kind of nostalgic about it. Like that's, that's why, like I, I probably should just fuck it and say we should just do can't hardly wait next week, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really torn on this because you've put me in a box that uh, by the time I get around to my high school pick, people are like, "What is this? It's July already. What are you, what are you doing?" The, the high school <laughs> students have already had their uh, Zoom graduation. But I don't know. Is is it the same for you? Do you find yourself picking up, I guess, like the childish things again once you get uh, further into adulthood? No, I I genuinely don't know. I I I'm I'm a behind the scenes. I'm a bit more of a pessimist or a. Uh, I'm a little harder on myself than I guess the pers- the the outward persona puts out there. You know, I'm a little a little more. I, I'm I'm sitting here listening to the Cure and Morrissey and shit like that instead of uh, <laughs> what? Instead of a- <laughs> don't don't ruin this facade for me of of, of you as uh, I, I don't know what your persona is on True Bromance as the shirtless Gerardo. That's why that's yeah, why you probably yeah, see me. You know, crass, flopping around. crude. Uh, you know, giving away uh, stories about your co-host's sex life or lack thereof. Uh, you okay, know. I will frame my my answer in a more crass and rude fashion. Then, all right, good. Stay I on tend brand. to look back on high school uh, uh, with regret sometimes. <laughs> One big you know? missed opportunity. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> damn! I could have been like McDreamy over there, just that they're predatory. <laughs> no, let me I, let me tell you something crass, a real life experience for mine. So I've got a younger brother who you met, uh, Wyatt, not Sawyer. Okay. Uh, who always, always, we're talking like middle school. It made sense. High school, maybe early twenties. What are you doing? He always had a predilection for older women. So like I said, if you're in middle school, like me, like looking at the high school movies, like, yeah, I'm going to get to that point one day. Yeah. Makes sense. He was in high school. He was, <laughs> and I, I set him aside one day. I tried to have an older brother talk with him. I'm like, look, you're 16. This is the only time it's going to be available for you to date a 16 year old girl. <laughs> I was like, do not look back on this <laughs> when you were dating legal age, when no one's going to bat an eye. This is your peer group. Never listen to me. He, he that is that is going to be a man who looks back. Have you crap. revisited that with with Wyatt? Like, I haven't. Have you come and he's, back? he's married and has two children now, so I don't I don't know if his wife would appreciate me saying, "Man, do you ever <laughs> do you wake up in a cold sweat at night now and think thinking about, about that fifteen year old you let slide by when you were fifteen years old?" <laughs> that is a real conversation. I have. I thought there was some logic to it, though. It was all legal. It was all above board. I was just saying. There's a clock, sir. You turn 18. You got to play by the rules. Now he's rock. Mother! Ooh. 
Beauty runs in his family, and it runs fast. Rock? Oh, I see you met my little baby. Baby? I thought she was your little sister. Oh, Rock. Mother. Mom. Can I borrow your suede outfit tonight? Cindy, I said no. Just leering uncomfortably. (laughs) I I think (laughs) probably everyone becomes that to some degree. It's just a matter of how you, uh, how you manage it. Uh, you know, there, there are social cues that you have to, you have to abide by. So I don't know. I'm, I'm shocked that I'm the one that's going to that. And you're telling me that you're listening to the cure and looking back, like, is it some sort of profound longing? Like, is it more about the experience you missed out on? You know? Yeah. I mean, my, I mean, well, I, we got, I'm not quite to where I, I'm letting it out on the podcast, but I would happily tell you my stories on uh, uh, in a private scenario. But uh, you definitely some don't want to be on a Skype call with me because everything everything is used for. <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm, I have to turn the recorder <laughs> off. <laughs> Just I'm gonna have to set up some sort of software to stop you from mm-hmm. recording because then next thing I know it's gonna turn out it's gonna be the the bumper to one of your podcasts. The grand gesture, all of Hyro's regrets from, from high school. <laughs> no movie needed. <laughs> yeah, I would gladly share them with you, but uh, no, it's uh. No, I mean, I let a couple of pictures slide by in high mm. school. You know, personally, professionally, all all sorts of things that uh, I probably should have taken a really big cut at. And uh, you know, hell, maybe I did have it pretty good. I could have been this clown, you know, out there completely rejected to the to the wind. You know, I could have. Wait, who, who's the clown? McDreamy. Oh, see, I'm t- I'm taking it the other way. Like I I thought you were going. <clears throat> the regret is here's a guy. Who, because he knows high school's about to pass him by, and I, I'm trying to think. We've we've seen other high school movies. Well, Superbad's one, okay, where they they even I guess the Jonah Hill character says every weekend we get drunk with each other, we play cards in the basement, we puke, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. But like, <laughs> I guess they, were, I guess I was Jonah Hill for my brother that was telling him like. Oh. You need- you need you need to have sex now before you get I to college. I wish I was better at, <laughs> at, at at like Photoshop. I could just turn you into Jonah Hill, Fat Mike. But, you know, um, this is a tangent, a uh, very brief one. In my podcast research, when I'm looking at for new podcast material for this, that that's a pretty common thread. When there's like, I would say, when there's three white dudes on a podcast, not necessarily two, sometimes, but if you get three. I think there's a 50-50 chance you're going to get them with their heads superimposed on their promo art, which is extremely like Batman or something. Yeah, or, I, I don't, yeah. I don't dig that. I don't, I don't like that at all. But I've noticed that it's usually like a cartoon version of their heads, not yeah. their actual heads. Oh, I see it both ways. I see it. Oh, really? Like, okay. Yeah, and that is definitely not appealing. But I guess what I was getting at for you to make it even more depressing was. Here's a guy, a, a much more handsome and more respectful, and I guess classier, smarter, smoother version of Jonah Hill from Superbad, uh, who says, I'm not going to let this moment pass me by. I'm going to make it happen. I, so I was actually not looking at him as pathetic. I mean, he does rent a girl's the original title for $1,000, but he takes a shot. He, he does make it happen until she, you know, she breaks the uh, non-disclosure agreement and outs him. And I, I think I think I would have been a little bit more of a, an ass about that. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, she does out him, but I think he's kind of asking for it because when when he does the breakup, he goes a little deep. I did a little thinking too. No, actually, I did quite a bit of thinking, and I decided that you're breaking me. What? Broke, bankrupt, chapter eleven. What are you talking about? This. I'm dry. Hey, I can't keep up with you. I'm not a bank. Eleven. Would you stop it, please? This isn't dignified. Dignified? For one month, you draped all over me like a cheap fucking suit. Now I'm not dignified? This is not necessary. Would you show some maturity? Like your precious Bobby? Yeah. 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 Well, if I was as mature as him, I probably wouldn't have called you either. I'm tired of you comparing me to Bobby. And in fact, I'm tired of you. Period. Poor Cindy. It's awful the way Ronnie annihilated her. I mean, I don't know what she ever saw in him. He's such a... 
such a heartbreaker. Yeah, that's it. The roster, man. You're one badass dude. Hey, listen, you don't mind if I try to get tired of sending out you're finished with her, do you? He doesn't even have the... He's lacking a lot of social uh, understanding, right? You, know, you kind of have an easy breakup, but no, he's out there digging the knife they, and twisting they, it, talking about have, the Bobby. Uh, they could have run some lines. That would have been nice instead yeah. of him. You know, he was he was doing that like you know this is total improv, and you just better go with whatever I feed you and make it work. And yeah, it was a little, but I think that uh, in his defense, the breakup is like she's too expensive for him. I, I, I actually, yes, I actually but, read that as him allowing her uh, the the escape. That the only reason she'd be with him was was that he was spending a lot of money on her, which is actually based in fact. <laughs> he did give her a thousand dollars, but but she did. He after that he could have stopped right there, right? He could have just left it at that. He, he goes starts in. digging a knife. I wouldn't have called you either <laughs> if I was Bobby. I mean, yeah. just no need for that. Come on, man, calm down. They're they're both at fault. I, I didn't I didn't dig that she ruined you know his New Year's moment by uh, blowing them them both up because uh, that that's the thing like you know that's that vodka talking man. Well, I mean, just generally speaking, women have it tougher in life than men. I mean, I would never want to be a woman uh, at all. <laughs> Every day, there's more evidence that I'm glad that I won that that coin flip there. Unless you were I'm, a lady on fire. Not even that. I, I don't I don't want to be. I I don't want to you know. I, I think she was outpacing me on armpit hair too, because I actually when I was when I was listening to our our podcast as I was getting ready this morning, I was like, you know, I, I took a look at myself. I'm like, I couldn't have done that scene. They would have to bring in a stunt person for that. So no, none of that. <laughs> but uh, since I'm gonna go back on the attack of women in high school, they do exude all of the power here. And in that scene, oh, even, God, yes. even though she yeah. blows them up. She can just walk away from it, and some people might talk on her back and be like, "Well, that was she kind of prostituted herself, or that was weird." But there's still going to be a ton of dudes that are willing to to pick up that that fumbled ball there. And he is, uh, you know, he is excommunicated. He is voted oh, off the island immediately. I don't think I don't think uh, the sound of the slap has stopped before the one guy is like, "Hey, do you mind if I take a crack at her?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. I mean, there's always somebody there to pick up the slack. You know, that was. But the- I don't know if. To, to 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 not to interrupt you, but to, um, but to interrupt you, um, you know, you mentioned that the in high school girls have the power. Was that the case for you? I mean, you mentioned that you didn't have the jobs even and stuff more at so. Uh, the smaller the town, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> it's because- just a numbers game. It's like you know, this is uh, yeah, you know, there there are no more uh, uh, when the song ends. You know, the the chairs to sit down, whatever that you know, there's musical chairs. There we go. Not many chairs, you know. That's you know, so there's... you're kind of like okay. So you do, uh, you know, the the passing around of the ladies, you know, and the and the gentlemen, right? It's it's very much a coronavirus cesspool of uh, mm-hmm. yeah. know, trading partners and all that mm-hmm. stuff. No, we had like linebackers in school that were like chiseled out of their gorge, big, beautiful looking dudes. They had like lines around the the corner just waiting for them. It was it was much like uh, the opposite of what you're talking about. Maybe that's why we have we have different views on this, uh, and you, you still have some post traumatic stress from your, your high school days. <laughs> Should have done more sit ups. Because <laughs> all all I was asking for is just more people. Like, hey, can we open this up a little bit more? You know, bring it, bring in some more foreign exchange students. That was that was my only issue. And you already knew everybody, so there's there was no mystery there. That that's the other thing. Like, I guess I'm missing when we're going to that connection to these characters is coming from such a small town someone totally rebranding themselves or like a character being like, do I know you? And it's like the nerd that's been in there, like all of their classes for three years. Right. That was not possible. There, there was no rebranding. <laughs> and now they come back like Adam Brody in, uh, in summer of Sam, you know, speaking <laughs> yeah, with a British yeah, accent yeah, and yeah. the spike there. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll throw him under the bus. I don't know if we ever got into it on sober cinema, but, uh, you know, our, our third wheel, Josh, who is, uh, you know, on sabbatical, uh, from Excommunicado. I, you know, not, through no fault of myself from other co-hosts, but, uh, you know, raising kids, doing that, being an adult, not wanting to talk about high school movies. I have kids. I'm I here. remember, uh, one day, I think this is in middle school though. And uh, as I said, you've met, you've hung out with my friends. You came to my wedding. You've been in group texts. It, it, it gets a little savage. It can get quickly. Like if someone, someone does something, seen as uh, silly or poor form 
the insults start coming fast. Oh yeah. And then it oh, turns yeah. into this, its own thing. And people are having so much fun with it that even if it wasn't a big deal, people enjoy topping the other insult. So you're going to get it for days, weeks. And I remember he came in one day and he was dressed all like in denim. And this is he in was, high school. He was wearing cowboy boots and he had never wore cowboy boots before. So it was like it, from Monday, maybe jeans, uh, a t-shirt, whatever, innocuous cowboy boots and all denim. I mean, he was going for he went was, full Don Cheadle in the Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it was a look he was going for, and that, that's that's the disconnect I have with these movies. Is that that just wouldn't pass in a small town because people would be onto you too fast to know, like, oh, okay, you're trying to give us a 2.0 version here, and we hate you for it. Go back to the way you were. So you, in your small town, no one could have elevated to uh, Ronald Miller status, right? Nobody could have. No. Even if some young um, outcast playing cards, Michael Denniston, couldn't have paid the most beautiful woman in school a thousand bucks to go out with him for a month, and then she would she couldn't have elevated you to rock star. They status? would have sniffed it out quick. Uh, yeah, it was very much like, <laughs> you know, th- this was not someone going into the NBA draft straight from high school. I, my small town. The high school dating climate, it was baseball. You were in the minor leagues for six years before you got called up. You had to work your way, way up. And at that point, oh. that point, it was time to leave. Time to go. Yeah, I don't and yet, know, you, man. St- you still had a more traumatic experience. I don't know. Maybe I just like accepted it years into the toil and grind of my station that uh, it, it just wasn't as painful for me just because it was just the way of the world. Yeah, I, I just, I guess I do, I have zero connection. And that, that brings me back to my point of the, 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 the lack of connection of Boys in the Hood and versus, you know, uh, the, 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 um, uh, Chris Maynard's the high school that we're watching here. Um, <laughs> projecting film. Check out that projecting show. Film. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> projecting film. So there's not uh, one high school movie that, like, I mean, what's, what's the closest to your, to your youth then? Honestly, it's if you took these two movies, Boys of the Hood and <laughs> Can't Buy Me Love, and you mashed them together, that's my experience. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, it's not quite as bad as Boys of the Hood. It's certainly not as shiny as uh, as uh, Can't Buy Me Love. And there, there certainly was, though, Amanda Peterson, RIP, talent lost. I, I it, look. If you're a listener, you know by now it was it was super bad for me. That was me, and my friends. So <laughs> we we were that obnoxious and we were that uh, unworthy of love. We should be nowhere what, near an Emma Stone. What What is your take on the slow clap, which is a a, a staple in the uh, high school genre? So I, I didn't like it here. I initially this was like this is my would be my reason for docking it from perfection. But then it kind of grew on me because I felt like it it was McDreamy's character here. He was a worker. He was going to find a way. And I felt like you you and you dog, you know, you you have found a hook to make yourself the hero again. And it's, you know, it you look you look like Apple right now, right? Like they're they're uh like their fights with the government to not unlock yes. their phones for anything. While I agree with them in practice, it's also good marketing. Because people are like, oh, cops can't get in my phone. I'm going to buy me an iPhone. McDreamy here is an outcast. He's got nothing to lose. Hey, you can take up for your friend. Maybe you can take a beating in front of people and you know start to earn your way back in their good graces. Yeah, you're the martyr. Yeah. They, the only thing that uh, – I, I can't say that in my high school experience I ever experienced <laughs> people just clapping at someone's act of kindness. Uh, but I, you know, I have – friends that are monsters that they would have immediately started calling you a slur for doing something nice or they would have called you out for being a scumbag trying to sleep with a pretty girl or something or maybe there's a slow clap after all the jokes on no part josh's uh shit kickers that oh, he definitely. brought into work yeah, the, the, the worse and the more demeaning they were then you might get a slow clap as probably well deserved this is um, you know honestly this is probably why i still have the same friends that i grew up with no one else will be friends with us because you can't unleash us <laughs> to, to you know mature adults. <laughs> it's bonkers, man. You guys have been through thick and thin, and which is interesting. You know, I've got I've got a couple uh, of friends that I've had from way back in the day, but it's nowhere near as uh, as connected and as as rooted in high school. High school is a little different, but uh, I do have friends that go way back. And man, when we get together, it's it's lights out. It becomes you know debaucherous. You know, it's kind of like. Uh, you know, have you ever tried like like playing basketball later in age? You know, things start to hurt. Yes, yeah, 
You know what I mean? It's the same concept. Like you try to go hard, like you did in high school when you catch up with your friends. Oh man, it hurts so much more the next day. When, when do you think the mental disconnect happens? Because I feel like when I was what younger, do you mean by that mental disconnect. So, so when I was younger and playing basketball, I knew what I was capable of. Like I'm like, well, I can't, I can't make that shot. I don't have that range, or I can't get past that guy. Like I was <laughs> seemingly more aware. You would think as you get older, you know that things are starting to hurt, that you're slower. But the last time I played, I, it's like my mind is thinking like, all right, here's what you did when you were 16. Don't take that jump shot. And it's like, whoa, whoa, we have to retrain. Like, there's actually a lot of things you can't do now. It's not just. <laughs> no, I am. I'm definitely uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, no yeah. idea. Let it rain. How, oh, yes. I was that way in high school. I am that way now. It's <laughs> just shirtless, gut flapping God. out, chest hair overgrown. Um just not good. It's not a good look. So I don't have that mental disconnect. I, I, I played golf this morning, trying stuff that I should not be trying. I have a transition to the movie that I want to do next week. I'm not All changing right. it, but that is a good way to do it. Speaking of the mental disconnect, uh, the film I want to feature is From Dusk Till Dawn. And the biggest leap in logic you have to make there is that somehow George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino are from the same gene pool. And in this film, Quentin Tarantino is playing it as if he is George Clooney to everyone else. He's the one coming on to women. He's the one expecting them in his head to be just as into him as they would George Clooney. And now that's you, sir. You on the basketball court is Quentin Tarantino from Dust Till Dawn. Wow. That is uh, <laughs> one of the worst insults I've it's ever a weird taken. One. I don't yeah. think I've ever had the opportunity to use that as an insult. Psychopath, uh, killer, rapist. That's what you just called me. <laughs> but you don't weird... have his forehead, thankfully. Ooh, it's got a man. massive noggin. Especially Massive. when he converts, like when he converts Ooh, to a, a yeah to the monster form. <laughs> Jesus, that thing is a melon, man. That thing is ugly. Yeah, I think the the theme, uh, you know, dear listener, if you're a super fan and you uh, you like us sort of previewing what we're doing next, uh, the one I ran past you that you seem to like was movies, movies that refuse to be boxed in as as one thing. So that that's something I was I was kind of playing off of McDreamy what he's attempting to do here for his character in high school, but I want to do it with a, a movie proper. So from dust till dawn, first half crime movie, second half monster movie. And, and the uh, whole time comedy gold. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it. I'll tell a story about going to see it with my mom that I think I'll like. Uh-oh. See, I yep. thought you were going the Robert Rodriguez Shark Boy and Lava Girl thing. That I leave to you because I knew it would come up. I it's expect coming. next next week that you will have a podcast focused on Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and uh, I'll just I'll just let you go on, and then I'll go back to Salma Hayek. <sighs> That's lucky. <laughs> you nuked my brother. What? You took him from geek status to king status to no status. Chucky Miller, right? He's resorted to sending his messenger boy. Boy? I see no boy here.